0: our first week of It's a Wonderful Life. And um, this is today's message, AV team. I I stuck to my notes, pretty good first service. Second service, we're gonna go off-road in a little bit. So um, strap in, because it's gonna, I I don't know where we're gonna go, but we're gonna get there together on time, hopefully. Uh, have, Have you ever gotten something or ordered, especially right now, you order something online, it looks one way, it's presented one way, and then it comes out a complete, total different Reality is something completely different. It wasn't what you expected, right? Um, This happened to me a couple Christmases ago. I asked for a Darth Vader waffle maker, right? A Darth Vader waffle maker. It sounds dumb. It's my Christmas gift, not yours. Calm down. Um, and I uh, here's, the, here's the problem. I got this Darth Vader waffle maker. I was pumped. I was excited about it. I was like, yes, Darth Vader waffles. This will be making breakfast great again. You know, this will be fun. It'll be great. And um, we made the waffles. And I am one of those guys that I have the old school tiny waffle maker. Maker that, that like and what I mean by tiny it's not like the Belgian waffles it's the tiny little pockets of squares the little square pocket that holds the ever important syrup in each one of your like like that pocket is a pocket of magic right and so um, that that's what I was used to and when I made the Darth Vader waffles it was like it came out like a pancake and I was like, what what the heck is this? Right? This is a pan- this is not a waffle, this is a pancake. And, and let's just let's settle something right here, right now. Waffles are greater than pancakes. I'm just you can like pancakes, but waffles are greater than pancakes. Like Waffle, just from the squares alone to hold syrup, they're better. They're, they're better than pancakes. Um, and the problem was what I was expecting to be amazing was very disappointing. Like I, I didn't get what I was expecting. What reality was was very unexpected. And I want to talk to you about that today. Because the clip you just saw, if you've seen It's a Wonderful Life or Not, Man, go watch it this week with your family. It is a great movie. It, probably some for some of you, it's a little boring, but man, the end of it, man, I almost cry every time. It gets me. I'm like, dang it, it's like Rocky 3 and Rocky, Rocky, Rocky 3 when Mick dies, right? You're like, no, Mick. When he starts just saying stuff you can't understand, um, that is the end. Uh, everybody knows, all the guys know exactly what I'm talking about. And he just starts crying. You're like, I don't know what he said, but I'm choked up right now. Um, I don't know how we got here. (laughs) George Bailey has a plan, right? He has a dream in this clip you just saw. Before he throws a rock, he's like, I know what I'm going to do this year and what I'm going to do next year, and the year after that, I'm going to travel, I'm going to go see the world, right? He was going to build things, he was going to be this architect, this builder that does all these amazing, incredible things, and yet seconds, minutes, Right after this scene, right after this moment, there's a car that comes up with George Bailey's family in it, and they're telling him that his dad just had a stroke, and moments later, his dad passes away. In a moment, what George was planning, what he was expecting, became totally and completely different of the reality he experienced. And and, and there's no way to plan for that, right? And how do you handle unexpected moments? Because this unexpected moment changed the trajectory for George Bailey's whole entire life. The very place, the one place he didn't want to be was Bedford Falls, right? So what, like I'm gonna wipe the crumbs off, the, or wipe the dust off this crummy old town and get out of here. I'm gonna go see the world. I'm gonna go do things. I'm not gonna stay here. There's a scene before where he's talking to his dad. His dad's trying to talk him into staying at the bank, the building and loan building, and working for him. He's like, "No, no, no, no! I'm meant for more than that." And what do you do? We we know the movie. If you don't, he gets stuck in Bedford Falls the rest of his life. Spoiler alert! Right how do you function in your bedford falls how do you function in the very place you weren't wanting to be that you look at it and, and, and here's the deal there was nothing wrong with george's plan the problem was we never planned for the unexpected we never do you and i were very much like george bailey you watching a home today you're very much like george bailey we make plans this past year was full of plans getting canceled, right? Like, if your vacation didn't get canceled, you went to Frontier City. That's where you went. Like, we're going to the Frontier City to, for the day, right? Like, woo, here we go, kids. Knock yourself out. You, you, things got canceled, schools got canceled. But we're planners, and we're dreamers, and we have dreams of what life is going to look like, and and we say, hey, this is where I'm going to be at in my 30s and in my 40s, and financially I plan on being here, and I have a dream to do this with my life. Teenagers, and especially high schoolers, have dreams of what college they're going to go to, or dreams of what they're going to do. College students have dreams of what life's going to be like when we get out of college. We have dreams what our life's going to look like in our 20s and where we're going to move to and all the fun and all the things that we're going to do and how it's going to set up the trajectory of our life. We've got dreams and plans, right, of who we're going to meet and when we're going to meet and what stage and what age and how it's going to happen. And it's going to snow when we kiss because that's what Hallmark movies do. Like, like we've got, we've got dreams. We've got dreams. Girls don't act like you don't. You've already know what your wedding's going to look like, right? Like you've got plans of what your wedding's going to look like and where you're going to have it and what the venue and what the size of dress and how long the train and all. I don't even know if the train's anything anymore. But but we've got plans. You've planned out what you're going to name your kids. And ladies, you are going to pose a question that you don't really mean to your husband. Well, what do you really want to call our baby? You already know what you're going to call that baby. Like, let's just establish the facts. And they're going to say, well, let's name him after my dad, Bartholomew. And you're going to be like, nope, nope. How about Jackson, right? And you're like, well, that sounds great. You had it all along. Jackson, Bartholomew, great. That's it, right? You got it. And when our kids are grown, parents, we have plans of traveling. We have plans. We have plans of what our grandkids are going to call us. You do. I already know what my grandkids are gonna call us. I'll share it with you right now. They're either gonna call me Big Daddy J or Big J. <laughs> Feel free to start calling me that. <laughs> Maybe a little weird, Big Daddy J. Hey girl. Hey, anyways, um <laughs> This isn't the marriage series. Um but and they're gonna call Casey Mamma I mean, yeah, Mamma Willie. Um <laughs> because it makes no sense. It's the most hick thing in the world. And I'm tired of all the grandma names trying to be chic and cool. Casey's name is Mamma Willie. And she's like, nope. And Charlie and Chloe are like, Mamma Willie it is. So we have voted. The tribe has spoken. It's Mamma Willie. So if you want to call her Mamma Willie, feel free. Um, we're conditioning her. Um, <laughs> And we've got all these plans, I've got plans, Big Daddy J. you know, I've got, we've got plans. And they're good plans and they're good dreams. But what do you do when the unexpected happens? What do you do when you're stuck in the very place you thought you never would be? When you're stuck in your Bedford Falls. See, here's what I know. Most of us, when we got married, we planned for happily ever after. You don't plan on a divorce. Whether it was your fault, whether it was the ex's fault, whether it was nobody. It had to be somebody's fault, right? Like, but whatever happened, happened. And you weren't planning on that divorce. But it happened. And you're dealing with the fallout of it. What do you do in that Bedford Falls moment? What do you do when you are experiencing loss? You lose a loved one. Never prepare for that. I'm not talking about somebody that died when they're 99 years old. You're like, bro, it's time to hang it up. You had a good ride, right? Like, yes, ride into the sun, my friend. But what do you do when you lose somebody unexpectedly and suddenly? And you're dealing with the fall. You don't make plans for that. You don't make plans for losing your job. You don't make plans for financial hardships. You don't, you don't make plans to be an addict. You just end up there. Nobody plans or starts out of life being addicted to something. I'm not just talking about substances. I'm talking about all kinds of things. But you just find yourself there. What what do you what do you do when that's it? When you find yourself in Bedford Falls, what do you do? And today I want to talk to you about it's a wonderful life when you and I can learn to thrive in our Bedford Falls. It's really a wonderful life when you can learn to thrive in the very place you never thought you would be. It's, a, it's an incredible, meaningful, powerful moment in life when you can learn to thrive in a place that you said, I will, not, that will never be. Me, Maybe you don't like where you are, but how do you thrive where you are? And I love George Bailey. He shows us this, is you don't have to like where you are in order to thrive where you are. George didn't like where he was. He makes that very clear all throughout the movie. Like through the whole movie, he hates Bedford Falls. We get it. Stop whining, George. We get it enough already, right? He doesn't like Bedford Falls. He didn't think he would be doing this, doing what he was doing with his life, struggling like he was struggling with his life, not traveling, not doing, and yet that is where he finds himself at. And what I love about the movie is that George could have just wallowed in self-pity. He could just have whined and said, hey, this isn't fair, you know, that the cards have been stacked against me. This isn't right. They wronged me. My dad shouldn't. He could have been angry the rest of his life. He could have been bitter the rest of his life. He could have been upset the rest of his life. Or he could get busy stepping up and owning where he was in life. And instead of having self-pity and feeling sorry for himself, he made a decision to thrive where he was. He may not have liked it. It may not have been fair, but he's decided to thrive there anyways and i think there's a lot of us were there we look at our life and say this 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 just isn't it this this isn't what i what i planned for this this uh-uh this, this wasn't supposed to be my reality i wasn't supposed to be my parent i wasn't supposed to get sick, to have cancer, for it to set me back, for all all these things to have. This wasn't supposed to be it. And we don't just learn from George Bailey, but today I want to talk to you about somebody who was kidnapped from his home country. The other country came in, invaded, destroyed his homeland. They kidnapped him, they made him work in the government, and if that wasn't bad enough, they actually changed his name changed his name and the guy i want to talk to you about today from the bible is a guy named daniel most of us know daniel from daniel in the lion's den that's actually going to be our text if you brought your bible you can already turn to daniel chapter 6 we'll get there in just a moment um we are going to be talking about Daniel and the lion's den. But it's way, it's way much more bigger. It's way bigger than just Daniel and the lion's den. When they changed Daniel's name, Daniel's name in the Hebrew meant God is my judge. And when the Babylonians, when Nebuchadnezzar captures Daniel, they would take the brightest and best of the Israelites and bring them to Babylon to work in the Babylonian empire. And so they find this man named Daniel. They see that he is bright, that he is intelligent, that he is talented, and they decide to change Daniel's name to a name called Belshazzar. And the, the Babylonian name meant Lady Protect the King. They gave him a girl's name like Shannon, right? Like something like, like that. Um He's going to kill me later, but that's all right. (laughs) It's funny because it's true. Anyways, Daniel, (laughs) Daniel means God is my judge. Belshazzar means lady protect the king. And they're not just trying to confuse Daniel. They're trying to change his identity. They're trying to change his focus. And this is a really big deal. And we pick up in Daniel 6, and here's what starts happening. Nebuchadnezzar has died. There's a new king, King Darius, that comes in. And Daniel's already been starting to thrive in Babylonia. This isn't where he wants to be. He's put in a culture that serves pagan gods, that worships idols, that doesn't recognize Jehovah God, speak another language, and and this is where Daniel is. And we pick up Daniel chapter 6 verse 1. It says King Darius decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interest. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, check this out, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Man, Daniel had a choice in this moment. He could feel sorry for himself, he could talk about all the wrong that had been done to him, all the things that did not go his way, or he could thrive where he found himself. He could thrive in his Babylon, he could thrive in his Bedford Falls, and you've got every reason and you've got every decision, you can either wallow in self-pity, you can either feel sorry for yourself, you can either go through all the excuses and the wrongs that have been done, or you can own where you are, and you can step into your Bedford Falls, and you can own it, and you can thrive in it, but it is always a choice that you purposefully Make Verse 4 says this, Then the other administrators and high officers, the politicians, right, began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs. And this is the biggest miracle in all the Bible. But they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. Hold on just a second. Did we just really find out and say that politicians couldn't find something to condemn or criticize from the opposing party? That's just what happened. Miracles do happen right this is crazy so so they don't like daniel they they can't stand daniel but it says but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn he was faithful always responsible and completely trustworthy so they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion so here's what happens We're going to go Justin Graves' version of the Bible for just a second. It's all biblical, but it's just fast. Here's what happens. All the politicians don't like Daniel. They can't find any fault in the way that he is running his job. He's he's responsible. He's trustworthy. He's doing everything with excellence. And so they realize, hey, we've got to trap Daniel in his belief, in his following of God, Jehovah. Jehovah. And the new daniel prayed three times a day so they went to king darius and they said hey king darius we've got a, a an idea for the next 30 days instead of everybody playing to all these different gods and all these different idols and all these other things why don't you make a law that nobody is to pray to anything or anyone except to you king darius for the next 30 days king thinks it over is like hey that's a great idea right like Bingo. And so that's what he institutes. He, he makes this law that if you decide to pray to anyone or anything besides King Darius for the next 30 days, the punishment is death. So verse 10 says this, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. The other administrators had set, the other politicians had set a trap for Daniel. And it wasn't enough that Daniel had already been taken from his homeland, he'd been taken from his family, that his name had been changed. But now, another wave's coming. I've been faithful, I've been obedient, I've been responsible. And now I got another wave hitting me. Like, like God, I'm not, I'm not, I'm doing what you called me to do. And can I tell you, sometimes the hard thing to handle about the unexpected things is when the unexpected things happen in waves. Sometimes it's really hard to thrive in moments where you feel like waves are coming at you of things that you weren't planning, of things that weren't fair. And that's what happens to Daniel in this moment. And you know the story. I know the story. Politicians see Daniel praying. They go tell King Darius, hey, your buddy Daniel over there is praying to God Jehovah. King Darius, very reluctantly, decides, man, I've got to do this because if I don't, it's a law and there's going to be no order. There's not going to be any law. So he grabs Daniel and reluctantly throws him in the lion's den. And we pick up in verse 23 and he says this, the king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. And not a scratch was found on him, for he has trust, for he had trusted in God. God had closed the mouth of the lions. Daniel had stayed the night in the lion's den. All was good. All was great. King Darius is happy. And then the king gave orders to arrest the men, the politicians who had maliciously accused Daniel. He had them thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children. The lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor down then King Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. I want you to understand the bigness of what's about to happen. King Darius just had the known empire, the Babylonian empire at that time, pray to him for the last 30 days. King Darius is not a believer, is not a follower of God Jehovah, and here's what happens through this situation. King Darius declares and sends us out through the whole world. He's sending emails. He's putting on social media without being censored. He's doing all these things, right? And it says, peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. And all of a sudden, Darius turns into a preacher. For he is the living God, right? He sounds like AJ, like a living, Foundations Church, like For he is the living God. And he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed and his rule will never end. He rescues and saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Sirius the Persian who came after Darius. What are you doing with your Babylonian moment? Right? What are you doing in your Bedford Falls place? Are you thriving or are you making every excuse of why you aren't? Daniel had every reason. More reasons than you and me, right? I know some of us have had it tough, but I don't think we've had it to the level of Daniel. And are you busy saying why you can't or why all of this has happened and why all this is unfair Or are you, you, hey, I don't like it. I'm not happy about it, but I'm going to thrive where it's at. Because Daniel shows us something else. He he shows us that even if you aren't happy where you are, you can be faithful where you are. Even, Even if you're not happy with where you're at, you can be faithful where you're at. Because what I've learned over time is this. Is that if you will be faithful where you're, you may not like it. Daniel did not like Babylon. George Bailey did not like Bedford Falls. You may not like it. You may not be happy about it. You may not have been prepared for it. But if you will stay faithful in it, eventually you will become fruitful in it. Eventually, you will become fruitful in it. The Bible says this. In Galatians chapter six, verse eight through nine, it says, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. So let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, may not be your time schedule, it may not be when you're thinking, but at a proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up if we continue to be faithful if we continue to thrive if we continue to do what god is calling us to do even if it's in a place and situations and circumstances we're not happy about and we don't like eventually you will be fruitful john 15 verse 5 i am the vine you are the branches if you remain in me and i in you you will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing See, if you continue to abide, you have to become fruitful. It's just scripture. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. i got to tell you, the first 10 years of Casey and I's marriage, just our life was Bedford Falls moments. It stunk. And it wasn't me and her. We, we were in love. I'm not trying to be mean. It, it was the pastors we worked for. You're like, mean pastors? What? Like, what? Is that a for real deal? It was a for real deal. Um, and it was just hard. And I remember almost, we were talking about this just the other day, 13 years ago, right around this time. I remember Casey sitting in our living room. And we had two kids I wasn't home. I didn't like what I was doing. All of a sudden, first time I didn't like ministry. We were struggling. We could hardly pay for groceries. We, uh, when we had Chloe, the uh, the hospital looked at what we made and looked at our bill, and they called. They called us and said, "Hey, don't worry about your bill. We'll take care of your bill, and we're going to take care of the first year of medical visits, doctor visits for Chloe." I mean, it just was not a place we wanted to be at. I was thankful for that, but I remember Casey saying, we're going to be those people that never have what we want or have the dreams that we're just going to be those people that struggle our whole life. Can I tell you, sometimes you get to that place, and man, I still remember it. And you look around and you say, but this isn't it. It what isn't what we dreamed for. This isn't what we planned for. And what are you going to do? Are you, are you going to get down and are you going to just sit and say, well, this is it. You know, God, I, I'll just let you do it. Or are you going to remain faithful even when it's hard? See, nobody talks about faithfulness being easy Faithfulness isn't sexy, but it's it's significant. Man, and can you be faithful? Can you continue to thrive in your Bedford Falls moments? I, I can be real honest. We weren't happy where we are, but we stayed faithful where we are. And as a result, we were still fruitful where we are, even though it wasn't our dreams even 13 years ago and i don't know where you are and i don't know what bedford falls looks like for you i don't know what your lion's den moment looks like for you at home i don't know what that looks like for you but what i do know is that it is really hard to be there but i'm not talking about is it hard i'm talking about are you willing to stay faithful in that moment because the word of God says this and Daniel shows us this that he prospered in all that he did that at a right time if you don't get tired if you don't give up if you will stay faithful if you will still keep thriving you will reap a harvest if you don't quit if you don't stop so your pastor up here today from somebody that has been in Bedford Falls moment is telling you stay faithful man stay working do what you can do keep thriving doing all that you can do that is up to you don't feel sorry don't feel bad but dust yourself off and remain faithful where you are because the promise is this eventually you will reap a harvest you will become fruitful if you don't give up own your bed for false moment because here's what george bailey and daniel show us is that when unexpected moments occur we've got to be willing to make adjustments. When unexpected moments occur, we have to be willing to make adjustments. George Bailey did not like it. This wasn't what the plan was, this wasn't what the dream was, but he was willing to make adjustments. He was willing to say, hey, this isn't what I thought I would be doing, but I'm going to adjust to it. This past week, we were hosting Thanksgiving for our family. And um, one of my cousins, Aaron Renfro, he's usually in first service, he was in charge of bringing mashed potatoes, bread, and drinks. Pop. For pastors, it's pop. Like, ooh, what kind of drinks? RC Cola, okay, if you really must know. Um, but problem was, he called me Wednesday night, about 8 30, 9 o'clock, and was like, hey, bro. I've got a fever, I've got a cough, and my wife won't let me come. <laughs> totally blames it on his wife. I'm like, yes, you don't need to come. Stay home. Um, but but here's a big deal. If anybody that knows anything about Thanksgiving knows, mashed potatoes are a big big deal. Bread is a big deal because what are you supposed to use to wipe up your gravy? Come on, I mean it's just sanitary, right? Drinks are a big deal, and so. Two of those things are brown, right? And it's got to go down. So I'm like, we got to go make so 8:30. I didn't just call everybody and say, hey, Aaron can't come. Um, We're we're making all this food already, so we're not we're just we're just not gonna have mashed potatoes. We're not gonna have bread. Let's just cancel Thanksgiving because you might as well not have it if you're not gonna have mashed potatoes and bread. Let's just cancel it. It's just worth. Let's know. You know what we did? We made we got our butts in our car and we drove to Reeser's and we got 20 pounds of potatoes and we bought all the rolls we could find in the store pretty much that were already pre-made and it wasn't as good as the bread as normal but it was something and we brought drinks and we brought ice and we were ready to go we had to be willing to make adjustments and what is true for me on that thing thanksgiving happened and we all got fat jolly and happy that day right and what i have come to realize it's the problem isn't that we aren't able to adjust the problem for most of us is that we aren't willing to adjust it's not that we aren't able. Most of us, we're just not willing. And your ability, your willingness to adjust to the unexpected is going to be crucial if you and I are going to live this life and live it to the full that Christ called us, that we he came, that we may have life and have it to the full. And some of you are missing out because you're not willing to make adjustments and if you're not willing to make adjustments i can tell you what's happening you are letting stubbornness and pride lead the way because stubbornness and pride never adjust it always demands that everything else and everyone else adjust to it because i know better and this is what i want and if that's where you're at Man, can I tell you, Daniel could have been right or he could have been effective, and he chose to be effective instead. So he made adjustments to each king, to each thing, because he wanted to be effective more than he wanted to be right. And God has called you to be effective more, more so than being right in that argument in that moment. You can be right in the argument, but you lose your impact and your effectiveness in the relationship. Well, who won? Who won? And if you and I can be willing to make adjustments when it comes to the unexpected. What I can promise you is this is that your life won't be near as frustrating. It won't be near as hollow and it won't be near as empty, but it will be a lot more full of you doing significant and incredible things. And the Bible says this. In Proverbs 16:9, it says, We make our own plans, but the Lord decides where we will go. We make our own plans. Oh, we make plans. <laughs> I'm great at making plans. You're great at making plans. But when those plans don't go like we planned, when the unexpected occurs, called 2020, called COVID-19, right? When, when things get canceled, when you're at virtual school, students, You can either make excuses or you can buckle down and you can be faithful and you can be fruitful and you can thrive where you are because you're willing to make adjustments. Parents, you can get frustrated with the schools, with the administrators. They're doing the best they can or you can be faithful and you can be fruitful and you can thrive. You may not like it, but it doesn't matter if you like it or if you're happy about it or not. Are you going to thrive with it and make adjustments so that you can thrive where you are? And you may not like the present situation of our country, of what our culture is. We're running out of toilet paper again. People are losing their minds. You know, you're like, are you kidding me? We're doing this again. We're doing this again, right? You may not like it. You may not understand it. But are you willing to make adjustments in it so that you and I can be effective? Because the Lord decides where you will go. This means this for all you planners, for all you that you weren't planning for life to look like it is and you're in Bedford Falls, God has planned for you to be exactly where you are for an exact purpose and for an exact reason. Hear that. God has planned for you to be exactly where you are for the exactly this time for your, for an exact reason. And for some of you, you think it's all about you, but the big part is this. Daniel's life and George Bailey's life, man, Their life, that they lived it out in Bedford Falls and in Babylon, affected and influenced thousands of lives. And God has you where you are for this reason, for this purpose, for this time, not just for your sake, but for those that are around you and for those you have even yet to meet so, how can you not? How can I not decide? I may not be happy about it. I may not like it. I may not understand it, but I'm going to know this. I'm going to be faithful in it. I'm going to thrive in it so I can be fruitful in it. And whatever I have to do may not be what I planned, may not be what I envisioned, but I'm going to make adjustments to it so I can be effective in it. Close with this, Casey. Um, was pregnant When she was pregnant with Chloe, everything was going smooth and great. And uh, when Casey went to labor, we rushed to the hospital in Oklahoma City. And when we got there, um, it was supposed to be a normal labor. And I know, ladies, you're like, what do you know about a normal labor? Easy, I'm just saying, normal as normal goes, like a normal childbirth. And um, we get into the doctor, and somewhere between our last doctor's visit and while Casey was in labor, Chloe went breech. And so Casey, the doctors told Casey and me that um, they were going to have to perform a C-section, and it was immediate because if they didn't, there was going to be danger to Casey and to Chloe. And Casey had a decision right then. Casey was mad, right, mad because she wasn't prepared for this. She was scared because she had never gone through this. She was angry because she was having to go through this. And there was all kinds of emotions, And she could have refused and as a result of her refusal, as a result of our refusal, there would have been a high chance of losing Chloe and a chance of losing Casey or she could adjust to the change. She could adjust to what she wasn't wasn't expecting and she could bring forth life. And Chloe came forth, you've probably seen, you're like, oh, she came out, all right, Um, she's here. Casey's fine. And life was birth. And what I've come to realize about our Bedford Falls moments is that really you're either gonna birth loss or you're gonna birth life. And it's really about your willingness to adjust, your willingness to own it, and your willingness to thrive in it and remain faithful in it. And it may be scary, and you may not understand it, and maybe you were expecting waffles and instead you got pancakes. But can I tell you, if you will adjust, there is a life that will come that will bless your life and others that there's no way you could have anticipated it. There's no way you could have anticipated it, but you gotta be willing to adjust. And you gotta stay faithful even when you're not happy about it. And you gotta thrive even when you don't like your Bedford Falls. And if you can do that, I can promise you this. It will truly lead you to living. A wonderful life. Let's pray, Lord, we love you. God I ask for every person that is in this place that they're in that moment. They're in a situation that this this isn't it. This isn't the way it was supposed to look. This isn't the way it was supposed to happen. And God, I, I, I just pray right now, because Lord, it's a hard place to be. And the Bible doesn't talk a lot about how hard it was on Daniel to be in Babylon. He was removed from his family. He was, his name was changed. His identity was changed. A culture's belief system was being pushed on him at all times. And yet, in the midst of that, he remained faithful, responsible, and he thrived in all he did. He prospered in all he did. And Lord, I pray for us that, that maybe we're there. Maybe we're in a place that, that, that we never thought we would be in a million years. But nonetheless, we're there. God, I pray that we would be willing to adjust. And that, Lord, we would commit to being faithful even when it's hard. We would commit to being faithful even when we feel like it's not fair, even in moments that we feel defeated, God, that we would keep sowing and we would keep planting and we would keep thriving and we would keep doing all that we can do because the promise is simply this, that eventually at the right time, we will reap a harvest. We will be fruitful if we don't give up. So I pray that we would abide in you today. And that we would remain in you so that we can bear much fruit in our Bedford Falls. It is in Jesus' wonderful name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed today, if you're hearing you say, Justin, I'm here, and I, I don't know Jesus Christ, I've never made that decision, or maybe you're here and you just say, man, where I'm at isn't where I should be. And you're just saying, I just need to recommit my life to him. I need to get things right with him and if that's you I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I count to three and we're gonna lead you in a prayer that will change your life one two three is there anyone here today you say Justin that's me yeah is there anyone else you join this individual that raised their hand is there anyone else before we go any further in this service today you say Justin that's me man if you're at home today watching online I would encourage you take time to respond is there anyone else before we go any further If you raised your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living. I repent of it and I turn to you. And I ask that your grace and your love would enter my life. I confess you, Jesus Christ. To be the Lord and Savior of my life, I'm going to lift you the rest of my days. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at nicole at foundationschurch.tv.